Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. The first degree. These things are supposed to happen in movies, not in real life. Hey guys, welcome to The First Degree, the true crime podcast that you might end up on. I'm your host, Alexis Linkletter. I'm sitting across from Jack and next to Billy, and I am hijacking the intro because I'm going to reset and remind you where we left off in part one of the Travis Forbes story. This is part two. So if you haven't listened to part one, stop right away, stop where you are, go back and listen to it before you get into this episode. So where we left off in part one of the Travis Forbes story was Travis was on police radar, but still sort of out and about. The cops didn't have anything on him. Then we spoke to Audrey and she said that she kind of lost track of Travis. She saw him in the media for a while when he was on the radar for Kenya's disappearance but then when the police didn't have any evidence, she kind of, you know, lost track of where he was. She was in Fort Collins. He was in Denver. But then she said she heard his name again on the news when he was implicated in the assault and attack of a woman named Lydia. And if you don't remember the episode in part one, listen to Jack's response to hearing of this. In July, um, when he attempted to kill Lydia, um, come back into the spotlight. Wait, who the f- is Lydia? Who the f- is Lydia? We're going to tell you right now. The Fort Collins police and fire rescue were essentially alerted to a raging fire at an apartment complex in a Fort Collins suburbs. We have a portion of the 911 call, but we're going to learn who Lydia is very soon. So stand by, listen to this call. We kicked the door and we're screaming for somebody. The upstairs is, we're just calling for somebody to see if there's somebody in the apartment. So police receive this frantic 911 call, which brings them to an apartment complex in the suburbs of Fort Collins. And what they arrive to is a truly horrific scene. The apartment itself is engulfed in flames and When they walk up to the front of the building, there seems to be a lifeless woman lying on the front lawn. Immediately, they deduce that she likely hurled herself out of a top floor window to escape from the scorching fire. And the woman was bloodied and she was covered in bleach. 
and she smelled like bleach. I mean, it was completely drenched in bleach. She was rushed to the hospital immediately. I think because it, you know, with, with Lydia, the most upsetting was it hit so close to home. Not only was it in the town that I was living in, um, so, you know, of course, we see, you know, news and all, you know, everybody's there um, trying to figure out what had happened and who did it. To hear Lydia's story about how she, you know, was basically left for dead. He beat her so badly and lit her apartment on fire and and then leaves. Um, and the fact that she was able to come to long enough to jump out of her second story apartment and then, you know, she, she's rescued. It's, it's creepy, but also at the same time, she's amazing because she was given enough, enough will and power to, to, to get out of this horrible situation. But the fact that he beat her so badly, um, I know that the hospital reports were saying that her injuries were so extensive, you know, it was almost like she had been in a car accident without a seatbelt on. Like that just hits, that hits my heart. You know, it's like, that's just so powerful and that he is capable of doing this. I mean, it's, it's just, it takes it to a whole different level. It was the 5th of July. And one of the last things that Lydia remembered were the fireworks. She had left her friends in at Fort Collins Park after watching the 4th of July fireworks, and she was found the next morning unconscious in her yard, her apartment on fire. She had been beaten mercilessly and sexually assaulted. And then her her attacker had also set her apartment on fire. But somehow, she regained consciousness from the beating and managed to jump out of the second-story window to save herself, which is pretty incredible because it's obvious that... It's giving it, me the chills. If she if she had bleach on her, this guy thought she was dead. She was dead. Mm-hmm. So he sexually assaulted her. He beat her. He thought he killed her. He poured some bleach on her to get rid of what he felt he had left on her, and she was able to and lit her house on fire and lit her and, well well smoke yeah inhal- yes smoke inhalation smoke inhalation everything yes. She's able to get up and then jump out the window, jump out a, a second-story window, which is no mean feat. I mean, she's gonna, she's gonna land on, on the ground. That. You can die oh, from absolutely. that, yeah, or break a leg or something. I mean, this is an incredible heroic story, and we see, you know, I always wish that in true crime storytelling, we we hear more about the heroic stories because this woman, as we'll see, this woman clearly what she did and her actions stopped a guy from killing again. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No, I get the chills just just hearing about her because I can't imagine. So who is Lydia? I mean, her name is Lydia Tillman. And who is this woman who was able to kind of survive the impossible? Basically, which is even more amazing, when the paramedics arrived on the scene, she was kind of in and out of consciousness. And they did ask her whether or not she knew who had done this to her. She was able to muster like a no, no, no is what she said. Then she literally right after suffered a stroke. And when she got to the hospital, they had to put her in a medically induced coma for more than five weeks. And what we did learn about Lydia, at least at this time in her life, she was an acclaimed sommelier and a seasoned world traveler, which is goals. I know. Dude, that's all I want in life. Seriously. As I drink my 
probably fifteen dollar bottle of rose. It was six dollars. <laughs> oh no, I'm gonna have a hangover tomorrow. <laughs> So this whole situation initially left the Fort Collins police completely stumped. Lydia Tillman had only moved to Fort Collins about four months ago, and she only had a handful of friends in the area. So I feel like trying to figure out a suspect that was connected to her was probably pretty difficult. Right. And very few. I mean, if you've only been there a few months, there's a few people she knows. She doesn't have any enemies. No boyfriend. Exactly. No family in the area. Like, who... Could it be? Right. So for the first 48 hours after the attack, it was truly a case of who done it. But within a few days, they were contracted by the Denver police after hearing about Lydia's attack. Detectives at both of the departments recognized similarities in the attack of Tillman and the Kenya disappearance. And those were fire and bleach. Exactly. And to remind you guys what those similarities are. In the Kenya investigation, Travis Forbes's van had been cleaned with bleach, and a witness had also seen him burning something the next day. It's suspected to be evidence, whatever he was burning. Then Lydia's attacker started a fire in her bedroom and then used bleach to wash evidence off of her. However, luckily, in Lydia's attack, The assailant didn't do a thorough cleaning job because when Lydia Tillman survived, so did her attacker's DNA. They rushed to have Travis's DNA compared against the DNA found on Lydia. But in the meantime, I mean, because we've talked about this in other episodes, it's not like on TV. DNA doesn't happen. DNA results don't come in 30 minutes like it seems to do like on CSI. It takes, it can be expedited, but it takes weeks. Yeah. Or months. And so in the meantime, while they were waiting, they were obviously putting this top priority. They were going to do this as soon as possible, but they were not going to let Travis out of their sight because to the shock of all, they still had nothing on him. So he was free. He could do whatever he wanted. The sociopath is jaunting around like a carefree. With some matches and a bottle of bleach. Skipping his step, meeting women, giving them fake names, making granola bars. And the Fort Collins police, they're all over him. And they're following him day and night. They track him to all these bars in Old Town Fort Collins where he he stashes his bicycle in the backpack. And as the bars close, he walks to a hot dog stand. And then he starts juggling glowing balls. Sounds probably, like someone Jack would date. It's probably a burner, too. Now, it's obvious that... So when the... I, I mean, let's talk about this for a second. When the bars are closing, he is juggling glowing balls. This is, it's not a joke, though, because what he's doing is he's trying to attract attention attention for the drunk girls that are coming out of these bars and the drunk women that are coming out of these bars. He was peacocking. He was peacocking, as they call it. In the worst way. Who wants a juggler or a juggalo? But they're glowing balls, though. I don't want either of those. So... It, I mean, I want a it, jug of wine. <laughs> That's the only jug I want. Same. <laughs> and the idea that somebody is trolling around as all of these women get out of these bars at 2 a.m. and are walking around aimlessly and looking for the one woman that is walking, trying to walk home and is a little bit tipsy. We've seen this before. We saw this with Jesse Matthew in Charlottesville. And you see the video of Hannah Graham, who had gone out to a bar, and she 
drinks a little bit too much, and she's walking around Charlottesville, which is this beautiful, you know, little downtown college campus or, or, or college, you know, town right outside of the campus. And this guy is just, this is sharks seeing blood in the water. Mm-hmm. And they're just waiting for these girls to come out or waiting for these women to come out. They've had too much to drink. And then they're going to pounce on them. And this is what this guy was doing. Right. And he just had a different tact. He was just like, you know, um, I, Jesse Matthew saw a, a woman who was sort of stumbling and said, hey, I can give you a ride. He was a taxi driver and then took her and then unfortunately eventually killed her. This guy decided to peacock with these balls and and glowing balls. And he decided to juggle these balls. <laughs> Juggle the balls. Juggle Stay the ball. away from the juggling So balls. several women wandered out of the bars and they started talking to this guy. Hey, there's, you know, had a little bit to drink. Listen, if there's... I was drunk and I saw a bunch of glowing balls being juggled around, I'd probably talk to him too. 100%. Ain't he handsome? I'd be like, if this, isn't, if this isn't your job, then I'm really into it. If you're doing it for money, yes. hard no. This is just... But it wasn't his job. He made those hella good gluten-free granola bars. Oh, God. So one woman chatted with Travis for about 30 minutes. Before she started walking alone with him toward a dark neighborhood. Uh, dun, dun, dun. So the officers have been watching him, so they start tailing him. And they followed the two for a few blocks before separating them, and he they stopped Travis for questioning. He told the officers that his name was Travis Kennedy, which is a lie, and they let him go and continued to follow him to see what he would do. They continued to secretly watch him. And at this point, Travis returned to his bike that he had stashed earlier, as Billy mentioned. He changed his shirt. He changed his hat, which is so sketchy to just change your outfit out after of nowhere. After police just question you? Well, he knows he's being followed. He's just... After, he's the, just, after the bars are closed? He's so yeah. arrogant. Yeah. He's such a arrogant... He's such a well, he's gotten away with so much so far. And police were watching him this entire time as he's changing his wardrobe from a secret stash of clothes in his backpack in the bushes. And then he started to follow pretty boldly a very visibly drunk woman as she stumbled into a dark neighborhood alone and the police are watching this and they're so tempted to keep watching him to see what he's going to do because they're dying for something to arrest him on but they're too worried about this woman's safety so police arrest travis and the one excuse for arresting him they could come up with was that he lied about his name so can you arrest somebody for yes you can yep well, to a cop? Yeah. Mm. They didn't tell him, though, that he, they were following him or watching him or that he was a suspect in Lydia Tillman's attempted murder or Kenya's disappearance. They just played it off like, we know that's not your name. Um, you gave us a fake name. They checked his ID. It was a, it was fake. Mm-hmm. Didn't match up with what he said. They arrested him. But he's back in custody. But that's not a huge... You could bail out of that pretty quick. Right, Billy? So the clock is ticking. And this is something that you can get bailed out for pretty quickly. And the cops believe more than ever that Travis is not only dangerous, but that he's also on the verge of committing another crime, which is why he was luring these drunk women to walk away with him. So Travis is waiting to be bailed out of jail. And the lab technicians with the Colorado Bureau of Investigations are working through the night to try to compare the DNA that they found on Tillman to the DNA sample collected from him in Austin. And at 10.45 p.m. on July 11th, Travis is moving towards the front of the line in jail 
and he's minutes away from posting bond and breaking out of jail. And at that very moment, the Colorado Bureau of Investigations confirms that there's a DNA match and Travis is rebooked on suspicion of attempted murder and arson. I think that's when it really hit me. The, you know, the case dragged on for a little bit, um, you know, as they were investigating and they were, you know, connecting these two crimes, these two horrendous things that he did. I was, you know, definitely glued to the internet and the TV and just wanting things to be settled. I wanted it to be figured out. I guess I didn't, I didn't want him to be that person in my mind because I had this such, you know, such a close connection with him, but I knew that it was him. Travis is now in custody, finally on something they can hold him on. And he kind of knows he's going down. So by this point, the investigators had come to know Travis Forbes as a very well-read and charming liar. He was very believable throughout the duration of this investigation. And while in custody, they pressed him about Kenya. They had him on Lydia. They had him with DNA. So, But they pressed him on Kenya because they still had nothing. And they urged him to tell them where she was. And at one point, he even prodded the detectives for why they hadn't charged him with Kenya's murder yet. Travis then leaned back and smugly said, you guys were so close. When I was growing up, I took French in high school, but I could never get the language to stick. I wanted to be fluent so bad, but it never happened. I just couldn't focus and I couldn't practice enough and it didn't work. But thankfully, there's Rosetta Stone, which is the most trusted language learning program. And it's available on desktop or it can be used as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone is different. It immerses you in so many ways. And with its intuitive process, you can pick up any language naturally. First with words, then phrases, and then sentences. And before you know it, boom, conversations. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the first-degree listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com first. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com first today. Okay, so it comes as no surprise that I have absolutely no idea how to cook. I don't want to learn how to cook. It's not really my thing. But when I tried Factor meals, it was a freaking game changer. So Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Yeah, two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So the first time I tried Factor meals, I was actually blown away because I'm like, that's it. That That's all it is. Two minutes and the meals are so delicious. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. And you can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, ooh, fancy, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Like I said, they're so easy to prepare. I love them. So head to factormeals.com slash degree50 and use code degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next 
next month. That's code DEGREE50 at factorymeals.com slash DEGREE50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. It's almost summer, and the best and most sustainable way to shop for a new season is on therealreal.com. The Real Real is the largest and most trusted source for authenticated luxury resale. It's the only place you'll find brands like Hermes, Cartier, Prada, Dior, Staud, Zimmerman, Jacquemus, and more for up to 90% off retail. 10,000 plus new arrivals land every single day from hundreds of brands you love, all authenticated by a team of in-house experts. Whether it's that perfect wedding guest look, a new summer sandal, an updated beach tote, resort wear for your summer vacation, you're bound to find exactly what you're looking for, plus deals you won't get anywhere else on therealreal.com. Visit therealreal.com and use code FIRST at checkout for 20% off. Terms apply. This is a lot of sessions and a lot of hours of interrogation. And eventually Travis's tone shifts and he smiles and he puts his hands behind his head and he looks at the detective in the eye and he says, you know what? I'll tell you everything, but I want a deal. Thinking like, what kind of deal would this guy want? Mm. And he says, I don't want to be labeled as a sex offender. So he doesn't mind being labeled as a murderer, but he doesn't want to be labeled as a sex offender. Well, Audrey has a theory on why. And first, we're going to hear Travis say this himself. So let's start with that. I want to go to prison without being labeled as a sex offender. Okay. What else? That's it. That's it. You'll confess to everything. If you go to prison without being labeled a sex offender, is that what you're saying? Is that you're mad enough? Yes. To that? Yes. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Travis just said a lot of shit, and I know the quality isn't great, mm-hmm. and we're sorry. Police interrogation usually isn't, but he essentially said he's afraid to be raped in prison. He said that he's he's kind of hinted and thrown a breadcrumbs of the fact that there's probably other victims and also that when this information about these other victims come to light it'll be horrific it'll be horrible and it's again uh the detective who we who we listened to said all right so you'll confess to everything if we give you this deal and he said yes yes i will so is him hinting to other victims do we think that he actually has other victims or he's doing that just to get the deal i'm sure it's just for a deal i'm I'm not sure. I mean, mean, he's a sociopath, but he's not a smart criminal. No. It's weird. We're comparing him to Bundy because he is a good-looking guy and he is a sociopath. I know a few of those. I've dated them. Same. But but he is not as smart as Bundy. No. No, he did not have... I mean, in 2011... wasn't as good. That's true. No, in 2011, he did not know... How to get away with this stuff? It, it, but it was, was clear. But Bundy was operating in the '70s. They didn't even name. You, they couldn't test your blood type then. This guy texted. This guy days. decided to cover his tracks by texting her. It was her. smarter to do that. It made him seem like no. Did you get? I I listen. See I his brain love, was there. I Go bet ahead. you that Ted Bundy would have been on Tinder if he was like 100%. if he was doing a shit today. He would have yeah. been leaving trails all over the place. But I mean, the fact that this guy probably this guy found her on the street, 
So what are the what are the odds of somebody seeing him and finding him finding um, him and identifying him on the street versus right? Well, yeah. If them he knowing, never texted her, do you yeah, think they would have surveillance. Him? Surveillance. It doesn't matter what was though. Surveillance of him though. Who? knows he probably knows he's probably like shit i drove by here shit i drove by here shit i drove by here but the connection of him to some random girl on the street it's that would so, be a yeah. lot harder without that text message it would have been a lot sure, harder sure but in his head he probably was like if i seem like i care it'll be less incriminating because he probably was like i drove by he probably saw surveillance cameras yeah but so so, but but that's the thing though is that he was completely anonymous in this whole deal and then he decides to inject himself into it just to give himself i mean i mean he he injected a an alibi before he was even known as a suspect that is what happened here well that's like a very uh that's another sociopath earmark that's another like psychopath earmark where it's like you want the recognition for Mm -hmm. what you did whether in this way he's getting his kicks out of being a part of it totally and this could be one of those things too where it's like he he doesn't even know that he wants the recognition he just wants to be involved in the drama because it gets him off Mm -hmm. and the idea of kind of meeting kenya's dad at the gas station shaking his hand comforting him assuring him he loves like those chess matches absolutely he loves it's like cat and mouse with the cops he loves it gets him off to see the dad all worked up and suspicious but he can't prove it i mean he loves a thrill he's a thrill seeker i mean and he was an actor he was acting all upset like getting worked up when he was talking to the dad like he obviously is getting some sort of satisfaction out of being a player in the game yeah cheap thrills man so this deal travis did in fact get this deal because they were like tell us what the you know because god knows i mean kenya's family had no closure and closure is a terrible word kenya's family had no idea what had happened to her because i don't think people ever really get closure it's just they just it's better to know than not know and better to know what happened than hold out hope frivolously this deal is now in place and a contingency of this deal was that travis forbes would confess to everything including the killing of Kenya Monhe. So here's what he says. He says he picked up Kenya outside the nightclub and she was really drunk. She passed out in his van. Remember that creepy white van? Mm-hmm. Then he starts the one having. The true thing he said was that he had a creepy white van. Yeah. And he did. God, what the hell? So she passed out in his van. He starts having sex with her while she's unconscious. She wakes up. She resists. And he strangles her. Then he ends up driving around with Kenya's body in his van for hours. He decided to put her in a cooler until he decided how to proceed. He had to duct tape the cooler shut because she was already starting to go into rigor mortis and her arm kept like popping out. So he was trying to keep her. So awful. So after this, I mean, he met, he admitted to her killing. Now the, the next matter was, where the F was she? He admitted to burying her in the countryside of Colorado. I wanted to bury her either next to some water or next to some trees. Why is that? Because that's where I would like to be buried. If somebody had killed me, I would hope that they would bury me next to something nice. I just dump me in some dumpster. So you find this spot. Why did you pick there? Because of the trees. Okay. And you, how long do you think you dug for? Uh, it wasn't very long. I was actually surprised. 
I was worried that it was so late that I wouldn't have enough time. Okay. But I dug that hole fast. Were you actually inside the hole? Yeah. And that's why you were able to tell me that it went shoulder shoulder depth. I left I left my credit card inside the hole. Why'd you do that? It was not that I wanted to get caught. It wasn't like I was trying to brag that I did it. Because I knew that if it was ever going to be found, holy sh**, that body credit card. Those credit cards have embroidered lettering on them. I just figured it was right. I figured that if you found the body, that I should be caught. That was chilling, and a lot of this became public after Travis's arrest, so let's hear what Audrey had to say about seeing this, seeing her one of her close close friends saying these things on television. Yeah, you know, once he was brought in and all of these interviews are going on um, that were all publicized, I knew, I definitely knew that it was a show. It was an act. Um, looking back on those now, it's it's definitely not the Travis that I knew, which is which is just crazy. Um, but I know that that was that was just an act. I mean, he was trying to make it seem like he couldn't be he couldn't be capable of doing something so horrible. Doesn't know you know doesn't know where it came from, and um, you know he's he's just he's sick and he's sad and he's saying all these things and it's like no that's a ton of bs like he you are fully capable of doing this to somebody and i think it's so deep-rooted that he doesn't even know and so for yeah watching watching those videos it's it's just like no this is this is just a show as we recall travis got this deal in exchange for giving all the information the police wanted and a condition of travis's deal was that he had to lead the police to where he buried Kenya. He took them in police vehicles to a really remote area. He was handcuffed. He was in his prison jumpsuit. And he led them to a place in the Colorado countryside. And he exited the vehicle. Once he was there, he indicated where they should pull over. He walked outside and he walked towards a patch of grass and then he let out a blood-curdling scream. What a f***ing drama queen, by the way. No, this is... Th- th- that's weird. You know, he's the... All, he's so theatrical. He's trying to be this... Here's because he, because he, can't, he can't gain anything from it. I mean, nope. we already know what he's getting, so... Just for... Just for go. So here's exactly. my question with, like... Because it's like... In that one interview, he was talking about, you know, where he'd want to be buried if he was killed, whatever. And he seemed upset. Now, as like a sociopath that don't have like real actual feelings, is do we think this is all for a show? Yes, this he's is how just acting. People feel. He's acting upset. Like, I've seen someone act upset. Like this I feel before. like if somebody died, I should be sad. And this is how someone would act if they were remorseful. Right? Yeah. yeah. This is this is a complete projection of how he perceives feelings. Feelings. To be. Yeah. Exactly. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. So he lets out the scream and as he's sobbing, wrists shackled, walking towards this like patch of earth, he walked near this tree, pointed down at the dirt and said, this is, this is the spot. And the digging started. So they start digging and digging, and about four feet in, they find her. She's taped in a fetal position, and she's draped in a plastic tarp. I think what I make of that person is he's a sociopath. He does not have regard for anybody else. Um, narcissistic, probably. I mean, he was definitely, he definitely showed some of those tendencies just in our friendship. I mean, it was, you know, although he didn't share much about him, it was always about him, you know, kind of a, a schmoozer sort of um, had his way with, with people. But I, I think just having that disconnect of, human um human emotions and feelings um he he doesn't have those he he is definitely lacking the empathy and um yeah i think he's just a 100% sociopath as close as i was with him and as much time as i spent alone with him i definitely questioned why was it not me and the consensus was with everybody that I talked to was that he didn't, he committed these crimes on two women that he didn't know. And that gave me sort of a sense of peace of, um, you know, Travis wouldn't have done this to me. I don't think he would have done anything to hurt me, um, because of that relationship. Um, a series of events that happened over the, the years that I knew him, I, you know, there were, yeah, there were some red flags, you know, his aggressiveness and, um, his uncontrollable behavior when he was drinking, but then you just sort of distance yourself and, you know, you can make that, you can set up those boundaries and those healthy fences with him. Okay. So I also asked Audrey what the most chilling thing was about knowing this person and being connected to this person. And what she had to say was pretty interesting. The most upsetting part to me, um, when he was bringing the cooler into the the freezer, um, that video surveillance at that kitchen that he was using, and how you know how he kind of planned everything out, wheels in this cooler, and then he starts disconnecting all of the video cameras. Um, it just really did not sit well with me. Yeah, you know when he met Kenya's dad at the gas station, um, just you know, still wanting to put on a show. Um, but then in his confession and, at, you know, they're asking him, you know, where he buried her and all these things. And he left his credit card 
with her body um, because he knew that if they found her, then he would have then been caught. And it's, you know, it's just like the lies after lies after lies. But then there's this confession, which is mind boggling because, you know, you are, you've already, you know, come to this point and you're, you're already, you know, in the spotlight. And the fact that he can just lie so boldly to people in their face and look them in the eye and, and not say anything is beyond me. I mean, there is a total disconnect with that. Travis has confessed to this murder of Kenya and the attempted murder of Lydia and confessed and led police to the location of Kenya's body. What about Kenya's family and how Lydia was handling all of this? I mean, last we heard, she had been put in a medically induced coma. Mm -hmm. And Kenya's family, Kenya's dad was dumpster diving looking for her body. So where is everyone now? So... Kenya's family is obviously heartbroken beyond words when they learn what happened to her, but they were so relieved that they could at least put her to rest. Lydia came out of her coma and survived, and every doctor who worked on her said that she would not have survived that horrific beating, but she had a will to live and survive that none of them had ever seen. The detectives in this case consider Lydia a hero because if she hadn't survived, the DNA likely would not have survived the fire, and Travis would still be out there killing women, and then they also wouldn't have connected him to Kenya. So Travis pleads guilty to Kenya's murder. As part of his plea agreement to Kenya's case, he avoids the death penalty and he's not convicted of any sex crimes. He's sentenced to life in prison. And the next day he pled guilty to attempted first degree murder in Fort Collins. And he's sentenced for that crime for uh, 48 years in prison for the attack on Lydia. And he cries in both courtrooms. Like the bitch that he is. It's got to be super strange for anyone like Audrey or anyone like Zach. I'll just throw it in there. For people who knew Travis, it has to be very weird looking back. Yeah. And kind of assessing this person they thought they knew and trying but, to assess what red flags they missed. But not really that weird, though. Because, because they we, all thought that he was creepy. They all thought he was creepy. Audrey didn't. Yes, she did. She, she had some inklings that he was off. But that's the thing. It's like, I mean, we said this in the Johnny Lewis case where it was like, oh, he was weird, but he was an actor. You yes, know, we all know think, weird people. Yeah, and, Kurt, and Kurt actually said, Kurt Sutter, the creator of Sons of Anarchy, said, like, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Right. But the thing is about what Audrey's story is, is he started to act weird and she had this feeling he wanted more. And I've had a bunch of people in my life that are men. Like that, romantically. More. Yes. Yeah. Who wanted something more and I didn't. And then they act weird. And then they act in some way that's strange. And when you think you're rejecting someone, then you make excuses for their behavior because you feel bad. And mm -hmm. you're like, listen, they have a crush on me. Of course, they're a little weird. It's very strange for girls because we don't want to be over accusatory because mm -hmm. we get criticize it's just, just hard to assess if someone's being weird or if they have a crush on you or if they're just well yeah and it's hard to disassociate like yeah is it because they have a crush on you or is it because they're a strange person in general people thought he was weird but no one thought he was dangerous until he was and that's generally what happens it's like mm -hmm. everyone's a little odd people maybe think i'm odd not like that though <laughs> well no 
Oh. People for sure think Billy's but, not like that, though. I know. Netflix. I'm like, what kind of red flags do I see in Billy right now? That I, I could be like, ah, oh, makes sense. You know what? They don't because they? I, I'm uh, the people that I'm around. How do you know? Because you because I act differently head. around you guys around uh, most other people. No, I, I've been in situations where people have actually. Uh, called HR based on how somebody else is acting, and there's a there's a specific kind of uh, uh, actions that they do. There's a specific kind of like thing that they do, and the bottom line is is that trust your instinct because mm-hmm. your instinct knows we we are the product of. However many years, 5,000, 6,000 years of evolution, we know when there's danger. And it's not only danger with, oh, my God, there's somebody coming at me with a knife or a club or whatever. There's somebody coming at me with some sort of weird rhetoric. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we can acknowledge and... (laughs) It sounds weird, but tell HR. I only think you see it in retrospect. Because I have but, a couple but, of creepy yeah, things no, in retrospect no, that, yeah. I, that I'm so... It's funny. There's a couple of people who've like weaseled their way into my life and they're super f***ing creeps. Like I'm pretty sure they're trying to start cults. And only like a month after I stopped talking to them do I realize... No, it's all in retrospect. It's all... Like most of it. But like, I mean, to what Audrey was saying about the one time that he... That Travis tried to bring him into his house or he tried to go mm-hmm, into her house mm-hmm. or whatever and she made up the excuse the shitty excuse yeah, or she whatever boyfriend she's like i'm not going to your house dude. right but it's like she had that she had that gut feeling that something was wrong right but again it's like a, in retrospect she thinks about that now because something happened i feel like if you know he didn't murder a girl she would never be like oh that was so glad weird. i trusted my gut feeling on exactly. that one so it's exactly. like it's all kind of circumstantial in that aspect because we've all kind of been in situations like that where something didn't feel right absolutely and Travis pleads guilty to both of these. He gets a life sentence plus 48 years. That's a long time in jail. Mm -hmm. So after you spend all day and night listening to true crime podcasts, watching true crime shows, don't you want to feel ultra, ultra safe at home when you go to bed? Well, now with one of our sponsors, Blink Home Security, you can feel super safe in the comfort of your own home. Blink is an ultra-affordable, 100% wire-free home security camera that runs on two AA batteries for up to two years. That is correct. Two AA batteries can last you almost two years. That's because Blink cameras don't have any wires and they can be placed virtually anywhere around your home, inside or out. With Blink, you can make a one-time purchase and you can have access to a plethora of features. There are no subscriptions or fees to choose from. And don't worry, because it's super affordable, they start at just $99. So if you guys want to try out Blink, go to blinkforhome.com slash first degree. That's blinkforhome.com slash first degree to try yours. But this is not where the story ends because Audrey... Had a lot of questions for Travis, as one would if you had a friend who you perceived to be a close friend who ended up doing something batshit crazy. Let's hear what happened after Travis was sentenced in terms of the relationship between Audrey and Travis. So once Travis um, was convicted and sent to prison, um, I... I found out what prison he was going to um, here in Colorado, and 
I, I felt like I wanted to, to write him a letter only because I needed to share and I needed to be able to express how I felt and how I was mortified and how pissed off I was. And, you know, I just had a lot of stuff that I needed to get out of my head and share with him. So I wrote him, didn't think that he would write me back, but he did. Um, it was, you know, 10, 12 page letter front and back. And um, the gist of the letter was a lot about how angry he was at himself. Um, he has to put a towel over his mirror because he can't look at him, look at his face. He talked about what he was doing during the day, um, 24 hour, you know, or 23 hour, I should say, um, lockdown doesn't get to talk to people, really see the light of day. And then they're in the middle of the letter, um, were these angry scribbles, almost like a child had taken a pen to the paper and just start scribbling kind of and almost poking holes through the paper. Um, that was a point of the letter where he was angry at himself and, and sharing that with me. Um, I held on to the letter for a couple months and then I really needed to get rid of it. And so I burned it. I did ask him in the letter why, um, that was really the main reason why I wanted to, to write to him. Um, but he never answered me. He, he was, he admitted to doing what he had done, but he never once explained why. <laughs> was he being sincere? I, I want, I, I initially want to say no, but there is a part of Travis that he, he was a good friend to me and he was a close friend to me. And so does he feel bad? I'm, I'm sure there's a little bit of remorse, but if you can't look at yourself because of something that you did, then go ahead and do that because you just you did a very, very awful thing. We'll never really know whether or not Travis feels guilty or if this is a show. I mean, he's been portrayed as this sincere guy, this great guy, this good friend, this showman. So we don't really know if what he said in these letters to Audrey were sincere and no one ever will. But he was ultimately convicted. He pled guilty. He was sentenced. But what is very interesting, and this person really sets an example to all persons, mm -hmm. is I heard that Lydia really took the high road at Travis's sentencing. Right. So she actually decided to forgive Travis. She was unable to speak at his sentencing because she was still recovering from the stroke that he had caused, but she stood in front of him as her statement was read aloud. And in that statement, it said that my spirit and my soul in my mind remains untouched and I wish you peace in this life. That gives me the chills. That gives me the chills too. Like I can't, I mean, <clears throat> none of us will know or none of us know how we would respond in a situation like that because none of us have been put into a situation like that. But like, the willpower and I don't know. It's just, it's she, very, she couldn't speak because she had a stroke Yeah, and she <laughs> still was able to, to write this and wish this person. Well, Please? I mean, it's just to process all of that trauma and to still come out with it with a head like that is it's very, I mean, commendable, right? To, he, say the, to say the least. And to consider, at this point, it was only a few months after her attack, but this man had already stolen 
a lot of her physical abilities. He had stolen at least five weeks when she was unconscious. Um, Lord knows how long the PTSD will continue. I mean, this person really impacted her life in in indescribable way. So it's just, she is like the shining example of humanity. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Forgiveness, compassion, because this guy is so f***ing pathetic. And she's like, I see that. Like, what a sad coward you yeah, are. I mean, and, and this- so I take pity on you, sir. It's well, double- I don't even know if it was like said in like a way like that, though. No, but but that's how she feels. Where it's like you got to be a really miserable. You have to, to be hurting so so much internally exactly. to be able to do that to mm-hmm. multiple people. But, but she's double. You know, she's double because she survived, and she survived in such like a amazing way. Yeah. And then she forgave. She's that awesome. It's unbelievable. She, she, yeah. Honestly, she's... And she's, she's a small yay in a world traveler. Yeah. No, she wins. She, no, she's in the, the upper echelon of... Mm-hmm. <sighs> of humanity. Of humanity. Yeah. Truly. It's and- weird. You, you know, because she... Like, like, the stuff that she was able to do, getting that, you know, whatever it was, uh, that survival instinct to jump out of there. <sighs> no, she's a lot to offer the world and she i'm sure on some level knew that and saved herself which is incredible and this is what happened at the trial i mean at the sentencing which jack mentioned she she offered forgiveness through someone who read her statement but later when she was able to communicate she said to the media it was during the sentencing that i was able to forgive him at first i felt extreme anger towards him then I felt really sad for him. He must be in so much extreme pain to so brutally hurt another human. Which is, in so many words, what we all just anticipated. You know, of course, people only make other people miserable or in pain when they are suffering greatly. My instinct about him continuing this behavior um, definitely would have gone on if he wasn't caught. I think that he got a thrill and I think that he, um, when he, when he did this with, you know, to Kenya, that he could probably get away with it again. Um, It was, it was pleasurable for him. And so the fact that, you know, Two, three months later, he does almost the same thing to Lydia. Um, if he, if Lydia didn't survive, it would have been hard to catch him because, um, you know, she would have been, she would have been burned in that apartment and his DNA wouldn't have been recognizable, I don't think. And so I think that he would have definitely gone on to do something else and become a serial killer. Um, I think my warning to people would be you just don't know what someone is really struggling with. We all have our bad days, but someone is capable of, of doing something that we, that we just can't even wrap our heads around. Really, the only advice is to just don't give people the benefit of the doubt. I just, I'm just always so curious about what it, what it is that really 
got to him, you know, is it, is it, is it just sort of like been building up over, over, you know, number of years from his early childhood? What makes anybody do this? I mean, is it one specific event that someone just completely does a 180 and then starts going after people? Okay, so I think what at least I have learned from this episode is something I guess I've been fearing my whole life because I got into true crime because Ted Bundy terrified me. And they really are the most charismatic, mm-hmm. approachable, sexy people. I mean, a percentage of those people are psychopaths. So yeah. it's like you got to always keep your guard up, trust your gut. Don't let people in unless they earn it. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like this guy, guys, Google him, Travis Forbes, sexy man. I think the scariest part of a case like this is it could happen to anybody. We've put ourselves in situations like where we've gone out drunk and we've separated from our friends countless times. Million times. You know, she wasn't doing anything wrong. She was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that is what's terrifying about it. She went home with this guy that looked like... A sweet it doesn't wholesome. matter and then that's the thing it's like we we judge people so much sometimes by the way that they look when it truly has nothing to do with their character whatsoever but some people are so good at the facade that like it wasn't just how he looked it was what how he said acting, yeah and oh this i do i'm on my way home from my granola bar route i mean that would <laughs> trick me for yeah. sure like, so this- it's like he he's a master i mean he he conned Kenya's dad. He shook. He he drove out there with his nine millimeter and left after shaking his hand. Being yeah. like, that guy's all right. No, he's convincing he's, and he's no, charming he's and just, he's enigmatic. It's like it's it's scary. <laughs> what Billy? Billy's laughing because he's like, I am this guy. <laughs> no, no, you guys are. I mean, we're spot on, aren't we? I, I I think what you're talking about with this guy and. <sighs> You have Ted Bundy. You have this guy. They're not the norm of murderers, you know? They're usually drug dealers. No, yeah, well, well <laughs> you know, of the 6,000 murders that we had that are unsolved this year or last year, you know, this is one, two, three, four, you know. But, yes, be careful. Be careful of these guys. I don't know if you can if you can spot it at all, but I don't think you can. I, I don't know. I think you're sometimes, and I use this phrase before. Sometimes it's just a cosmic shuffling of the deck, mm-hmm. and it's like you do your best to be vigilant. You do your best to instill rules, like go together, leave together. You do your best to stay sober and stay alert, but we're all a little bit vulnerable, no matter what we do. Aren't we? Aren't we all? This was quite a case. And they all are. (laughs) And they'll continue to be. Honestly, I mean, every case is like a very multifaceted personal journey into like walking in these people's shoes a little bit. It's fascinating. Well, and here's the thing that I think that I'm enjoying about our podcast is we really are hearing these lesser known cases because we are getting them from our listeners. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, you know, there's all these, everybody's going to cover Ted Bundy. Everybody's going to cover John Wayne Gacy. Like the, you know, these stories. We don't need another podcast, even though it's unsolved about Zodiac. Yeah. Or about John Bonet. We need 
the fingers crossed we get one on that jump. I know. <laughs> no, but, but here's the thing: if we no, no, no. open that door, you knew <laughs> there, that was there, there's five thousand unsolved DTF murders down to find out who killed John Bonet. Yes. <laughs> no, no. There's five thousand unsolved murders every year. Let's talk about those. Okay, but while we're on the subject of all these high-profile cases, I do want to give our listeners a little teaser into what's to come a few weeks from now. We have some amazing interviews that we did with some survivors of the Jonestown Massacre. And uh, we have Jim Jones's adopted son, Jim Jones Jr., and a People's Temple survivor named Jordan Vilchez. And we interviewed them because a very important date's coming up. November 17th is the date where 40 years before that, the Jonestown Massacre occurred. And on November 17th, this Saturday, Sundance TV is releasing a series called Jonestown Terror in the Jungle. We were lucky enough to interview some of the amazing survivors who also participated in this documentary. So you guys have to check this out. And I mean, this massacre took the lives of more than 900 people. So... While we do focus on these lesser-known crimes, sometimes it is important and it is a good reminder to stay on top of these big monumental events and these big high-profile crimes uh, as a way to examine history and hopefully make sure it doesn't repeat itself. I know Travis teased the idea of there being other victims in his interrogation before he was given his deal. There has been no evidence that there are, but... Denver slash anywhere in Colorado in the kind of Southwest area, if anything matches bleach, fire, similar victim, truly like they haven't found anything, but it's possible. I mean, he was traveling to Austin. If you've heard of a case that could match this, let us know because he claimed to have other victims. They haven't found any, but this is relatively new and there could be others that we don't know. So, we always want there to be some takeaway, and that takeaway is that keep a f-ing ear out because if he had other victims, we would like to figure that out. Damn straight. And on that note, if you guys are one degree away from a murder or other stranger than fiction crime, please write us at hello at thefirstdegreepodcast.com or on our website, thefirstdegreepodcast.com. Or you can DM us on Instagram at the first degree. Follow us, our personals on Instagram at Alexis Linkletter, at Billy Jensen, at Jack Vanek. And uh, I feel like our sign off for today is keep your friends close, but not that close. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.